You know, there's a saying that the five people you surround yourself with the most are who you're going to turn out to be. And I think having a family that is so hardworking and so achieving has inspired me to become the, the highest that I can. And that's because of my dad. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Cultivated, a podcast delivered by Co-Alliance Cooperative, where we dig into deeper conversations with our employees, members, and industry partners. My name is Lindsay Sankey, and I'm so excited to be the host. I really believe this is a wonderful way to discover the stories and the people that make agriculture in the Midwest so rich. Let's get started. It's a big week. It's the week of the Indiana State FFA Convention, and this week I'm excited to have Miss Kylie Shakel, former Indiana FFA State Secretary, with us. Um, as well as one of our own. We have Co-Alliance employee, uh, Mr. Chris Shakel here, better known as Kylie Shakel's dad. <laughs> so thank you both for joining us. It's kind of an interesting week. So we want to get the two of you together for two reasons. Um, to celebrate the power of the FFA organization during the week of the state convention, um, and also to commemorate Father's Day. So what better time to bring father-daughter together for a conversation than just before the Sunday when we we celebrate dads. And uh, I know because of our visiting and because of the dirt on Chris's shirt that we all have a lot going on right now. So I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and visit this week yep. and today. I guess I want to get started just by asking both of you to introduce yourselves by telling me a little bit about how, where you were raised, a brief um, education overview, and kind of where you are now. So, Chris, we'll start with you. Okay, uh, I'm Chris Shakel. I grew up in Rush County. Uh, went to Rushville High School. Uh, grew up on a grain and livestock uh, farm, primarily livestock, and uh, went to Rushville High School. Was in FFA uh, during my years there. Uh, served as the District 9 president, um, and then went on to college after that, uh, judging livestock. And now we're here at Indian Trails as an applicator. Where did you go to college? I went to Hawkeye Community uh, out in Waterloo, Iowa, on judging scholarship, and then I transferred back to Purdue after that. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. What about you, Kylie? Yep. So I grew up with my family in Benton County where we raised some sheep and had a pumpkin agritourism business there. And then in 2012, we relocated and that's where I ended up uh, finishing up my high school years at Hamilton Heights High School. Graduated in the great year of 2020. Um, throughout my years, like we had mentioned, I was heavily involved in FFA. After my uh, high school career, I took a gap year um, to serve at, with the Indiana FFA. And then currently I'm at Lincoln Land Community College on a livestock judging scholarship, just following my father's <laughs> footsteps. Um, and I hope to transfer to Kansas State University. Awesome. So when you were um, in FFA as a high school student, mm -hmm. tell me about the contest you participated in. Both of you, I'd love to know where your interests lied when you were maybe in the shoes of those who might listen to this podcast. Yeah, so I did anything and everything I could get my hands on. A lot of the career development events I participated in included livestock judging, ag communications, uh, ag sales. I did vet science one year. I learned that I could not be a vet. <laughs> I'm not cut out for it. Um, but if there was a CDE and we had a team available, I was most likely to join. I did livestock skillathon. And then where I really excelled and put a lot of my time was in the leadership development contests. Um, I did public speaking. I did uh, quiz bowl, which isn't necessarily a leadership one, but any 
anything leadership oriented, I made sure I got myself involved in. And my favorite one was the leadership ambassador. And you can participate that in your senior year in high school. Um, and I was fortunate enough to win that my senior year at the district level. Tell me about that. I'm not familiar with that that contest at all. Yeah. So um, this uh, ambassador program, basically, it asks you three current event questions. It asks you uh, leadership questions. You go through an interview process. And it basically is setting you up to be an advocate uh, is how I would phrase it. Uh, not very up to date with the current standards on what it's, how it's ran, but definitely one of my more favorite contests. Would you say that was the one that you use the most today or would it be livestock judging or what what one if you had to choose one would you say you apply most learning from today i think in my personal and in my career life it would most definitely be the leadership ambassador but seeing how i am on the livestock judging team uh, the livestock judging cde definitely started my passion for that and was has led me into my future that's awesome so um being a state ffa officer is a big deal yes what made you decide to run? When was the moment or the time in, in your your years that you knew you wanted to become a run for a state FFA office? officership. Yeah, so it's it kind of all goes back to Benton County. Uh, the reason I mentioned that is because it played such a large part in my life. Uh, growing up, I saw my dad working with the local livestock judging team there within their FFA program, and I had been aware of what FFA was, and we had moved three times in, the year, uh, in a year and a half, and so when I had moved schools in sixth grade, I got involved with livestock judging, and I, I knew what FFA was, but when I was moving in that time period, I was a very young gal who could be uh, could have an impression made on her and I knew I did not want to be an FFA. I didn't want to be seen as that ag kid because I would get bullied for it. I just wanted to be popular. I wanted to be the girl that everybody got along with and I wanted friends uh, in that middle school, you know, because that's yeah. a hard time for young girls. Yes. And so I did everything in my power to not be involved in ag. I, I felt like Hannah Montana living two different lives. <laughs> Basically, I felt like I had this ag side of my life and then I had my school life where I was very active in sports. And then when I transferred uh, to Hamilton Heights, that's where I was, you know, finally started to open my shell because of my uh, advisor, my ag educator, Emily Carson. And she's the one who was like, Kylie, I've seen you showing sheep all your life. I've seen you grow up. It's time you get involved. And I had some kids in my class who I went to school with, also showed livestock with. And so that's kind of where I transitioned. And I was like, okay, I'm going to join FFA. And the first contest I got involved in was the creed speaking. And then after that, I did livestock judging and I started going to conferences. And then the first time I went to a conference, uh, National FFA convention, we filled out this goal card. And on that goal card, I had three goals. My first goal was to win uh, Creed Speaking at the state level. Second goal was to become a state FFA officer because I had seen what they had been doing at the national level and the participation they got to be in. And the third goal was to be on a collegiate level livestock judging team. And so two out of the three came true. The other one, I won the district level. But oh when gosh. I saw the state officers and what they did on the national level and the impact they had on students, and then I watched them go to state convention, that's when I, I really knew I wanted to do it as a freshman in high school and what ultimately set me and continued this allowed me to continue this goal is I wanted to be somebody that made everybody feel like a somebody you know I had gone through that rough time in my life where I was moving schools and I realized what it was like to kind of be the outcast of the school and so I knew if I had a place in the ag industry I had a place in being a positive light in other people's lives it was going to be as a state FFA officer and I was going to give it everything I had so that's what what made me want to run is to be that person that was there for others and make them feel like a somebody that those same people in my life did for me. That is remarkable. Thank you for being that person. I mean, and thank you for chasing those goals because you figured out a way to do it. That's, that's remarkable that at that age, 
a freshman year is not very old at all. I mean, looking back, you were a baby. You know, you were a child. I'm still a baby. And, <laughs> yeah, yes, you are. Um, yeah, you got it done, and that that's awesome. So, uh, being a state FFA officer is a huge trage- uh, uh, life changing experience. Sure. How did it change the trajectory of your life? So once you got in that role. Yeah. Uh, How would you say it changed? It set me up for success. Um, The connections I made through my year of service are crazy. Anytime I turn around, uh, a lot of kids my age, you have Snapchat, right? And on your Snap Maps, you can scroll out and see everybody you have. And a lot of my friends are filled with Indiana and Illinois and just the Midwest. And you look at my map and I've got the whole 50 states covered along with some people in other countries. And so the connections I made while serving as a state officer are amazing. Uh, To this day, I still talk to a lot of the friends and one of them was a Kansas FFA officer just got done visiting her and so I think the thing that really changed for me was the connections I have going into the future and anytime I do have a question I know exactly who I can reach out to and if I don't know I know somebody that knows so that's uh, been the most impactful part about serving as a state officer and that and learning about everyone else's story. Yeah, so I can attest to that. Before we began visiting on the mic today, I mentioned the small town in Kansas where my husband was raised. And you looked at me like, oh, yeah, I know that. I've got lots of friends in Kansas. And it's like, okay, who has lots of friends in Kansas? (laughs) Kylie has lots of friends in Kansas. So that was awesome. Um, Do you have uh, uh, the coolest person and the most interesting person you met while in that officership? And the greatest experience. I know it's hard to pick one, but what stands out? One experience, one person. One experience, one person. I don't think I could pick one person because there are so many, but I'll talk about an experience that had a lot of impactful people that had some pretty awesome stories. So it was the COVID state officer team, you know, 2020, 2021, first eight months of our year were completely virtual. We, we had to change, you know, we had a rule book. Everybody has a rule book for state officer. We took it and we threw it out the door. Uh, that playbook, that rule book, we threw it out. And so one of the opportunities we had the chance to do was me and my teammate Blaine, my teammate Blaine and I were able to travel to the Iowa FFA State Convention. And there, there was close to 20 other state officers. And that was probably the moment I was like, wow, I'm really a state officer. And these are some other state officers standing in front of me that have just as awesome stories. And some of the people that I was able to meet then um, was Helen. And Helen was from Maryland. And Cole, he currently serves as the National FFA president. And so the amount of people and stories I learned at this convention was cool in itself, but put that in the year of COVID where you didn't get to meet anybody else in person. It was kind of like that, that moment where we're like, wow, we're state officers and we're here, we're traveling, we're doing what we actually set out to do. And so that moment kind of solidified where I was at and made me appreciate the season I was in, even if we were virtual for so many months. Yeah, I can't imagine how that altered your experience. So Chris, as a dad experiencing 2020, the COVID pandemic, and sending your child off to a state officership for a year. What kind of feeling or thought did you have going into this? First of all, what about when she won the state officership? And then in a pandemic, describe that for us. Well, if uh, for those of you that do know Kylie, she is a planner and everything has to be planned out. We're not talking days or weeks. We're talking months in advance. Or year, like starting her freshman year. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you don't get the call whether you made slate for state office until middle of june so it's up in the air you going to school and if so you know she'd been accepted to multiple schools so hadn't decided which school you know well depends whether i get state office or not so going through the emotions there um i knew at a pretty young age you know i I grew up with 
past state officer teams. I've got friends that, you know, were state officers that are, that still work at the state and national level with FFA. So I, I knew a lot of the inner windings of it. And I knew from a young age she was capable of it if she stuck with it. But, I mean, that there's a lot of kids that are quite capable as well. So finally seeing her goal you know, reached was, was great. You know, I was glad to see that for her. Um, and I knew what that would opportunities that were there for her in the future. So. I think he was in the sprayer when I called him to tell him I got it. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. But, <laughs> but I got the call. <laughs> so what kind of adjustments did your family make? Because you have other children, right? Yes. When you have a, a state officer in the house. I mean, how did that change home life or did it? Well, uh, there was a immediate meeting at state convention. Uh, and then it was basically, you have a week, get your stuff and we'll see you at Trafalgar. So you've got a week to put everything together. And then uh, she was off. Um, and, you know, she's she was still close to home. So it wasn't that huge of a transition. You know, COVID obviously caused some issues with being able to come back or, you know, visit as much as probably we wanted to. Um, but it, it was a great experience for her. Awesome. So, uh, what's your greatest lesson you took away from that year? Oh, the greatest lesson I think I took away from that year was to embrace the imperfect parts that you're experience, um, experiencing. Embrace imperfections would be what I think I took away the most. You know, life isn't always going to be great. And as humans, there's a lot of emotions. You experience anger, you experience sadness, happiness, everything on that emotional rainbow. But if you just embrace the imperfect parts of life, life that's when you really start to see the beautiful part. Uh, my whole retiring address was about embracing the imperfections you face in life. Um, and so walking away, I can confidently say that now I'm not only embracing the season that I'm in, but I'm embracing the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful, you know, all of it. That's remarkable. That's really hard to do um, at my age, at any age. And so I appreciate that. That's amazing that at your age, you, you know, you've <laughs> kind of come to terms with that and can see life through that perspective or that lens. Um, so I remember being in junior high and wanting to get involved in FFA, we had a really strong chapter. And like you, I found it intimidating. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to uh, sixth graders or seventh, eighth graders who either have a small chapter at home or a, a really developed, strong, solid chapter? Um, what advice would you give them to a young or what advice would you give to a young FFA member? Yeah. So I think everybody comes from a different background. Some have really strong FFA programs and some have some weak ones that they want to get it started. And my advice to you is if you have the desire and if you have the drive to do it, then do it. I mean, there's no turning back. You never know what can come out of an opportunity. And if you say yes to every opportunity, then you're more than likely to go down a path that will lead you to an even bigger path. And so my advice to y'all would be just to do it, say yes to those opportunities. And as long as you're willing to put in the work and you have that drive and that ambition, I'm sure you're going to be really successful in it. Wonderful. What's next for you? So uh, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing this summer and then... Where's Kylie going to land in two, five, ten years? What's your dream job? <laughs> yeah, so talk about a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, what I'm doing this summer. I am currently interning with Illinois FFA, and so... While I've been at Lincoln Land Community College on the judging team my freshman year, I served as a student worker. And so basically putting in about 10, 12 hours a week where I would help with just office tasks. Um, a lot of times I was writing some curriculum. One of the coolest events that I got to put on for Illinois FFA as a student worker was I wrote the curriculum and facilitated to over a thousand Illinois
IFFA members who were in that junior high age. And so for me to do that coming out of state office was really, really cool. And then fortunately, I was asked to stay on board as an intern this summer where I've been helping with um, state fair, the state convention, uh, the Illinois Association of Vocational Ag Teachers uh, Conference. There's a lot of different projects I'm doing. And so uh, just being there, being a helping hand, writing curriculum, being that smiling face there in the office in this really, really hectic time of Illinois FFA is what I'm doing. And then in the fall, I'll transition back into a student worker role, whereas I will um, write curriculum again. And one of my other roles is in July, I will facilitate their incoming state officers on how to facilitate. And so that's one of my favorite favorite experiences is because I get to work with all those really ambitious, excited young leaders, and I get to help them become even better versions of themselves. And so in the fall, I'll wrap it up, continue as student worker. I'm also working for Adcock Land and Livestock, washing sale cattle while I'm there. And then um, I will continue my judging career. So the fall season's where you really buckle down and get to it as a sophomore in college. And so we'll be traveling close to every weekend. If we're not at a contest, uh, we'll definitely be practicing. We'll start with National Barrow Show. And so excited to do that, excited to roll that into the spring. And then once we finish up at Houston, I believe that's our last contest, I hope to obtain an internship, still looking right now, uh, anywhere in policy. Washington, D.C. would be the ideal place to be in this next summer. But I definitely want to, to look into my options and see what's available out there. And so we'll take an internship in the summer, maybe go back home, show sheep, who knows what I'll do. <laughs> uh, but I do plan to transfer to Kansas State University, and I'm majoring in ag communications and political science. Uh, once I'm done with that, I hope to get my graduates in ag leadership. And your job would be? Job, yes. So <laughs> I have a lot of passions if you haven't picked up on it. And so trying to find a way to combine my love for personal development, um, graphic design for the livestock industry and policy and combine that with people. I love people. I love sharing stories about agriculture and I want to find a way I can do that on the daily. And so job wise, I'm completely open. I'm willing to travel uh, when it comes down to it. And as long as I just know I'm making a difference in the career that I pick, I'm going to be happy with it. Well, I'll tell you that when you get you graduate from Kansas State, Co-Alliance Marketing Team <laughs> will have a job for you if you ever want to come back home. Awesome. Um, and so are you the oldest of the children at home? I am. And I love hearing you talk about getting young people motivated. Do your siblings think you're as cool as the rest of the people that listen to you talk? <laughs> I don't or are think they so. just like, here she goes again? Like, <laughs> yep, pretty yeah, pretty much. <laughs> are, they in, are they in FFA? Um, Kind of, sort of. So I have three siblings. My brother, he's 19. Cassidy, who is in, she's going to be a junior in high school. And then Caitlin, she'll be in seventh grade. Yeah, seventh grade. Um, basically, I'm very, I love watching my siblings from the older sister's eye. Um, growing up, it was always like, we didn't get along in the barn at all. <laughs> we all had different passions. Caleb's kind of followed the sports thing. Cassidy, she really enjoys sports. And Caitlin and I were 10 years apart, but we're most definitely the, the ones who are alike the most. We look alike too. We're, we look like sisters just a few years apart. And so um, my siblings do get a lot like, why can't you be like Kylie or why don't you act like <laughs> Kylie? And I feel bad for them. But in all reality, they've all taken their own path in life. And I love watching that from my point of view. My brother being able to support him in the dreams that he's had playing football has been amazing. Watching Cassidy chase her dreams in basketball and softball. And then Caitlin, she's playing on a travel softball team right now. And they both really like to show sheep. And so they all are passionate about different things. Um, I know when I left home, 
<laughs> dad and Cassidy had some fights in the barn about why can't you do this like Kylie and Cassidy's <laughs> like because I'm not Kylie and it's it's hard to see that but it's also enjoyable to watch them grow up and take their own path so what's your favorite species to judge Ooh. A favorite species to judge would probably be sheep because I know I'm the better at it. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy cattle, and I think with some time that I can pick up on that and get a little bit better. So that's where I'm at with that. Awesome. Um, Chris, how did you see Kylie evolve during her FFA tenureship, um, her officership? It, she, she grew so much. I mean... You know, she's always been really good at public speaking and, and enjoyed people. It's not like she was ever scared of that. So the big stage is, has always kind of been where she shined in the past. Uh, and then you get into the state, you know, into her state run. And, of course, COVID kind of cramped it at the beginning. But then once she got out, uh, when, like she was talked about earlier, when she was asked to come out to Iowa uh, and run through, you know, she facilitated a couple programs out there for them. And that's that's when you really start seeing it come through then they were able to get on the road uh, and do some traveling um and then you know it, it all kind of came together at state convention last year when when you sit there as a parent and you see i think this team her team brought in as many as i'd ever seen out-of-state officers and you see kids from new mexico you see kids from oklahoma the kansas state officers uh a current a girl stayed with us that's currently a state officer for Kansas that just got elected. Uh, you know, she stayed with us for, you know, four or five days when she was out here. So you see all those kids coming in and they're there because they know your child and they're there because she made a difference to them. So, you know, it was really cool to watch that yeah. and, and just watch it evolve. And, and you know, I, I could see you could see the growth in her just from those experiences. Do you have a favorite memory or experience from that year that stands out? Um, probably, you know, sitting and watching state or the, the state convention the whole time. But, you know, I don't think as a parent you would ever forget the retiring address. I mean, just yeah. all, everything that, that all those kids, you know, they sum everything up their whole year, their whole life you know, and into their retiring address. And it, it's really neat to see their backstories and, and, you know, hear everything that from their perspective. How long have you been a member of the uh, co-alliance team? Uh, I've been here eight years now. Eight years. So yes. um, tell me about your role here. And I also want you to speak to um, how you feel about working for a company with such uh, a relationship with the FFA. You know, it, it's been great. You know, it, as here, I'm an applicator. You know, I've got many roles outside of just being an applicator. Uh, I'm heavily involved in, in operations around here and, you know, helping make, you know, some decisions that way uh, when I'm not in a sprayer. Um, and, it, and I actually had a conversation uh, two years ago as applicator of the year for our region. And I had a conversation uh, with someone higher up in the company that day um and he was asking you know what what my position was or what my thoughts were as far as ffa or where how to get more kids involved you know with co-alliance you know in the future and i suggested then that they you know we really need to to support these ffa kids and and it's been great you know seeing the publicity and, and seeing them support you know even more than what they were then uh 
you know, we're getting more kids involved, and I, I think it's a great tie for Co-Alliance and FFA. Um, and, you know, the future's in, in the young adults, and, and that's that's where they're at for our company. Absolutely. And it takes all kinds. I mean, it takes those who can stand in front of a crowd set, like Kylie can and speak and develop a brand marketing piece. And it takes those guys who have a real understanding of mechanics that would blow your mind, you know, to keep keep us rolling to serve our farmer members. And I think that's what I love about FFA and what I love about Co-Alliance is we're such a spectrum of people that make this world turn for Indiana, Ohio and uh, Michigan. So, um, so I'm glad you brought that relationship up, Chris, because this is such a big year for the Indiana FFA Foundation and Co-Alliance. because we have committed $25,000 to the Indiana FFA this year, which is quite substantial to any previous investments we made. And that just is um, monetary proof of the power of, of FFA and how much Co-Alliance believes in those leadership programs and those um, those extracurricular activities that we find value in because our employees have grown and and thrived under that kind of leadership as high school students, college students, and employees, or people that came straight out of the workforce to absolutely suit up and help us. So this is a a great investment year, and we are so excited to um, report on that this year here at the Indiana State FFA Convention. Can you speak to work-life balance? Um, Kylie mentioned she's one of four kids, um, have a wife at home, and livestock at home. Um, and you're an applicator. So this, this is the extreme busy season for you. I can't even speak to that. I can't understand how busy you are. Um, I'm fortunate that I can go home at six o'clock at night. Um, so speak to work-life balance and how, how your family makes that work. Um, mom makes it work pretty (laughs) much. Um, I mean, I, I'm gone a lot. That's, that's just plain and simple. Uh, and the kids, you know, they they take care of livestock a lot when I'm in the fields because you know I'm gone well before the sun comes up and I'm getting home well like right before the sun comes up again sometimes. <laughs> um, so you know there's times of the year that it's 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 a struggle. I mean you know trying to get you know we're in the show stock industry you know and we try we travel a bunch. And so trying to get stuff ready to, to go out on a national campaign, that's hard work in itself. And then you add in, you know, 80 or 100 hour weeks or whatever it is, you know, it it, it plays on a guy, but but it all works out. Uh, you know, they, they're real supportive here as far as the company, you know, they've been really good about working with me. Uh, and, you know, we get their work done and eventually when we get home, we'll get that work done and, and then you move on. Uh, but it, it's, it's been a great relationship. I mean, I have no complaints at all. Awesome. So Father's Day is just around the corner. Kylie, have you bought a card yet? I actually have. Okay. <laughs> of course. Of course you have. <laughs> Not us you. have, but Kylie <laughs> She's a planner. <laughs> um, how are you going to spend it? Do you guys have plans together? Do you have anything planned? I don't think we have anything Depends planned. on if it rains, What's right? What's the weather, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know if I can be available. <laughs> so, yeah, it depends if it rains, sadly. But um, do you guys have any special dad-daughter thing that you have in common? Showing sheep. Showing sheep. <laughs> showing sheep. That's it. That's your, not not like that's bad, but that would be it, is showing sheep. Yeah. I'd say there's a lot, but I think everything comes back to the ag industry. Uh, you can speak on it if you'd like. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're still trying to get as good as I was, you know, back in the day. But <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Eventually, you'll get there, kid. There's a lot of competition in our household, <laughs> and a lot of it relies on my father and I. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, How does your dad inspire you? Yeah. Other so, than fuel your competitive spirit. <laughs> I think it all goes back to kind of when I was talking about being a kid and watching him work with the, the local livestock judging team. Uh, growing up, I always saw him work hard, whether it was with our agritourism business or if it was him judging a local show or even at the state level, an open show. And I think from a young age, it was his work ethic and his um, dedication to his family that's really inspired me and wanted me to pursue my dreams. And, you know, a lot of times I'll talk to my mom and my dad at the same time about what I'm looking at doing next, because like you said, I'm a planner. And uh, oftentimes my mom will just be like, you're following your father again. And every time I turn around, it's like I am. But it's because <laughs> he's inspired me to do so. You know, I see the difference he's made in us kids' lives and the way that he's he, he chooses to raise livestock and the livestock he picks. And watching him judge, you know, shows has inspired me to want to do it too and, you know, just beat him and be, be the better <laughs> judge of the family. And so he set a bar for me, a really high bar, and I think that that's a good thing. A lot of times you... You don't want competition, and I know in our world today we talk a lot about not having competition, but I think having it in a family is good because it encourages you to try harder. You know, there's a saying that the five people you surround yourself with the most are who you're going to turn out to be, and I think having a family that is so hardworking and so achieving has inspired me to become the, the highest that I can, and that's because of my dad. So That's awesome. So I, look, I don't go to many sheep shows, but I look forward to watching you guys judge together and seeing who's the lead judge and who's the associate because that's when we'll know who won this contest. You can take my signature now because it's going to be me. Listen to you. Well, thank you. This is our conversation. Do you guys have anything you want to add? Any parting thoughts? I can say one more thing. Yeah. Um, to anyone who is listening... <laughs> To anyone who is listening, agriculture is such a large industry, and maybe you aren't like my father and I where you raise livestock or you're involved in the chemical industry. Uh, maybe you have a different passion within our industry, but there's a place for everybody, and I don't want our story to, to scare you away from our industry because we need people who, who have differing opinions and who have a different uh, passion in this industry. We need you, and we want you, and so don't let us push you away from this because we love agriculture agriculture just as much as you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sitting down to talk with me. Um, like I said, I know you guys are, your schedules are packed. So I, I am sincerely indebted to you for doing this. Um, but you were our first parent child conversation and it could not have been more fun. So thank you very much for doing that. But we're not completely done. So every time we wrap up a, co a podcast, we do rapid fire questions. Uh -oh. You both have to answer them. Okay. Okay. We're going to ask that Chris answers first, and then Kylie answers. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Who is one person, dead or alive, that you'd like to share a meal with? A grandfather. JFK. Okay. What is a useless talent you have? Um, <laughs> I have lots of useless ones, I guess. I <laughs> I could tie it off from a, from a cherry stem in oh, my chunk. I'm, yeah, I'm not even close to being that talented. So. Come on, you have to have a useless talent. You can fit sheep. Yeah, I guess that is kind of useless, isn't it? What 
we can get a visa for it. I don't know. Sure, we'll go with that one. <laughs> Do you read? Do you have any recent books you recommend? I, I just read the maintenance schedule and the sprayer. How about that? Does that count? That's about all you have to do for That's right now. Thank you for reading it. We appreciate that. I do read, and I just finished a book from Jordan Lee Dooley called Own Your Every Day, and I highly recommend it. Perfect. All right. I know that this is never going to happen. You have a Saturday with no plans. Nothing on the calendar. How do you spend it? I'm in the barn trying to catch up with what I didn't get done. <laughs> I'm probably making plans with friends. <laughs> awesome. Again, thank you so much, Kylie and Chris. We appreciate this conversation. Yep, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely.